Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Book Journeys Radio, an interview series for authors in transformation. From the basic fundamentals of selecting a book topic and overcoming writer's block to advanced techniques for publishing and marketing your book. Don't forget to check out our complete schedule and archive shows at blogtalkradio.com forward slash book dash journeys. Now, get ready to make a difference with your book with your host, Vice President of the Author Incubator, Jen McRobbie. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Book Journeys Radio. Every week on Book Journeys Radio, we speak to accomplished authors who've gone from just having an idea for a book to a finished book who are out making a difference in the world. And today's author is unique in that the book that she wrote is... Well, we hired her before she even wrote her book, <laughs> and, and it fits so perfectly that I just – I don't even know that I have the words for it. So let me just introduce you first to Pam Pryor. Welcome, Pam. Thank you so much, Jen. It's great to be here. I'm so happy you're here. Pam's book, for everyone listening, is titled Your First CFO, The Accounting Cure for Small Business. And interestingly enough, Pam was hired to be the author incubator's first CFO before she even wrote this book, right? <laughs> that's, that's exactly true. It was during the process of writing this book when I mapped out what my ideal reader would be that uh, the president of your company looked at it and said, oh, my God, that's me. Can I hire you? <laughs> <laughs> See, so Pam here underscores the whole idea that it is entirely possible to make money on your book before you've even written it. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I, that is true. Right. You're our poster child for that, Pam. Sorry. You're, you're stuck with that's, that. That's good. I don't know how good I'll look on a poster, but I'm glad for the message. <laughs> nice. Well, normally when we start the show, I ask our authors to just tell the listeners a little bit about their book and who it's for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm glad to. Your first CFO was written for a client base that I've had historically and that I've noticed really exists out there even more than I thought. I had been a referral-based business doing CFO work for businesses that ranged, quite frankly, in size from pre-funding startup up to $100 million in size. Wow. And I long before I started this, uh, not long before, but before I started all this, I've been in industry a long time in various accounting roles in Fortune 50 companies, in regional companies uh, ranging from pharmaceuticals to chemicals to baking cakes to transportation and logistics. So mm-hmm. I got a really widespread look at a lot of different operations, and I found that that allowed me to relate to business owners of smaller businesses, which I'm targeting now, in the mm-hmm. million to $10 million uh, range who probably haven't had the, the punch of a CFO yet, but they right. really need it. But they need it in bite sizes that, that aren't going to choke them. <laughs> and they need it in English. <laughs> so I really That would be preferable, yes. <laughs> exactly. I, I kind of specialize in sort of translating the accounting and finance into English, and that's what this book does. It says here are, you know, let's just take a primer, not a textbook, but just a story about the things that, will prove to you that finance and accounting can become a real value add to your business instead of that pile of reports you want to shove in the drawer every month. 
because you know you need to read it, but it scares you. Well, I think traditionally entrepreneurs and CEOs and you know presidents they're they're out obviously to make money, but they're scared of what mm-hmm. that means, right? Yes, I think that's true, and they're not only scared necessarily of what it means. They're not scared necessarily of what it means, but they're doubting their own. First of all, this group of people that I call entrepreneurs are an incredibly bright group of people. Yeah. So yeah. their gut has led them really well to the point where they are. You know, all of their right. mistakes, all of their learnings, all of their successes, they've funneled into this power package that is, is not a stupid person by any stretch, right. but they didn't <laughs> sign up for an accounting degree. And yet the world kind of looks at them, cocks their head and says, you know, you don't understand your financials or you don't have a CFO or whatever uh, it might be. And it's just not fair or right because the, the um, you know, a lot of times very well-intended and very good bookkeepers and accountants are keeping those books for the purposes of filing taxes. And what I'm out to prove in the world is that we can capture the information from that work and make it incredibly valuable in English to the business owner in a way that they think about their business. So they've already got it figured out in their head, and there's this dissonance between what they're thinking about in their head and what they're seeing on this you know, usually very generic template that's called their accounting reports, and it's easier just to shove it in a drawer and go, my gut's led me this far. And my proposition is that your gut's probably right, but let's validate it in, in a way that's easy for you to stomach and not, you know, a, a minor in accounting. I love that your whole focus is meeting people where they are. Because I think right. often when we take, and these are all generalizations, but, you know, generally people fall into two categories, right? They're words people or numbers people. And when word people are confronted with numbers, they want to run away. But what you're saying is smart word people should know how to manage their numbers. Right. But in a way that makes sense to word people. Correct. And I I love that. A little further. So I find this in this conversation interesting because I know that while you are writing your book, I have some insight on Pam listeners that others don't. Um, I know that while you were writing your book, you had a few moments where you thought, oh, I'm, I don't deal in words. I deal in numbers. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. how did you overcome this, this idea that you're more of a numbers gal as opposed to a words gal? <laughs> Yeah, that that's a great question and actually I think a real tribute to the Author Incubators program. So just like I like to meet my clients where they are, the Author Incubator program met me where I was. So <laughs> first of all, something that really did appeal to my numbers side is that the, the process is very organized. It's very orderly. It, yeah. Inside this magic that I don't understand is this very orderly process. And I was able to (laughs) hang on to those hooks as I walked through it because it was step by step by step by step, do this, do this, do this. And as I moved further along that process, the interest, that narrow process, which was, you know, actions, all of a sudden my, my view started to broaden to see the magic of the whole process and sort of a much more holistic view of it. Mm. So in, in a way, the process itself catered to my numbers style 
the way that I approached it. But the nice thing about it is everybody can approach it differently. But secondarily to that, I'll make a little bit of a confession here because this (laughs) speaks to exactly what you're talking about. I wrote my first couple chapters and sent them in to get reviewed. And, and uh, Angela the, you know, came back and said, hey, these are great. You're right on target. Go for it. And then I started to write the next sections, which is really the meat of the book. And I found myself feeling like I was writing a textbook. It didn't feel right to me, but I'm like, well, I've got to get this stuff out. This number stuff is just critical, and I've got to get it on the page. And I sent it back in, and, and our very honest uh, leader said, you know what, this is crap. And I said, she goes, go, go back and read your, about your ideal reader, get reconnected to that person and then try this again. And then she gave me four or five very cool hacks on how to get this very boring, dry information turned into a, an easy to read story that still oh. conveyed the, 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 main points I needed to get across. And I sat back down with that ideal reader sitting right in front of me. I pictured her and I, you know, I thought about her and I read it again and again and again. And then out it came. It just, those, those chapters poured out of me then at that point in exactly the right way. So there was a transformation from a numbers person into a word person with some advice and counsel from, from Angela. So that's or as so a result great because of, I, th- I should say. That's right, right. I just think it's so great, Pam, and and thank you for that story because it really does tell us that, you know, I think there's a lot of people sitting out there, and maybe some of them are listening, that think that they can't write a book because of Mm fill-in-the-blank, right? I'm too dumb. Because they're an accountant. (laughs) Exactly. I'm an accountant. I deal in numbers. Mm -hmm. I don't whatever. And Mm -hmm. I think the most important thing in the way the author incubator works and also how you treat your clients is Mm -hmm. that when you say to them, I see you for who you are, I love who you are, now let's expand Mm -hmm. that, the Mm -hmm. the possibilities are unlimited. They they really, really are. And, And to speak to that a little bit more, you know, to your point, I had always thought I'm an accountant. I'm really good accountant and I deal well with my, clients and my customers and I, I know how to make this um, you know something that people can put up with and not hate um, but I would really love to write a book and I've been saying that probably for five years oh and wow looking at, when I reached into your program and saw hey 12 weeks will take you from idea to finished product I went wow okay maybe I Nah, I, no, I can't. I can't write a book. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, then I called and and talked to Angela and realized, you know, yes, I can and should. That was the biggest thing, because in that conversation with with Angela, I I really widened my perspective on the fact that the book would become a service, and that there's a real need for it out there, um, which which I didn't realize, and and so. Once I put those two things together, all the energy was there, and I knew I'd do and, – and she also gave me a glimpse into how the program worked so that I understood that – you know, she said, you don't have to know how to do it. I will give you that in bite-sized pieces. Right. <laughs> and Which is exactly what you say you do for your clients. You know, it, interestingly, yes, that's exactly interestingly. right. Interestingly. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that, and it makes so much sense to do that with what would – you know, otherwise be considered a fairly technical topic. 
Yes, it would. It would. And you most know, people are saying, never do the speech after lunch on accounting because you lose the whole paper <laughs> unless you're at the front of the room doing some sort of handstand. So. <laughs> well, you know, in my previous life, I was an attorney, so I hear you. I could uh, drone on and on and on, and I could put a... I could put a stadium to sleep if I needed to. (laughs) (laughs) All true. So it's easy to see why you picked your topic. I mean, you'd been living it. You'd been seeing it. Did that make it harder or easier to condense it down into a book? I think it did both. And and that's not a cop-out answer. It's a real one. So I think it made Mm -hmm. it harder in that um, in that first trial run of those back chapters that I did, right? So, you know, knowing and knowing this topic in so much depth and it's in my blood and it's in my breathing, I just started writing instead of writing to my reader. Um, but it made it easier because I had such a vivid picture of my client because I've had so many of them. And there's some uh, characteristics that are similar across the board. The anxiety, the I'm lonely at the top. I want a friend in the foxhole. I need somebody I can trust who's not necessarily in the organization but cares about it as much as I do, who aligns with my dreams, who can get my strategy, who can do right. all these things that, that I think is what makes my, my offering much more uh, – it, that's my special sauce, Right. In fact, I had a client yesterday say, you know, wow, this is where I'm, I'm getting my friend in the foxhole moment from you because I really needed this conversation. And those <laughs> right. are the kind of things that make me go, okay, this, that's the relief I want to hear in the voice of my clients, every single one of them. Uh... So having that very clear image of that made it very easy to write to them. Uh, see, I that's I think that's so important, and I'm I'm so glad to hear you say that, and and to say it so clearly, Pam, because I think for writers, whether you're numbers writers or, or words writers, it's so easy mm-hmm. to get lost <laughs> in in why you're writing right. and who you're writing for. Mm-hmm. You exactly know, and, right. and ultimately, like you said, this is all about service right so right. who who can you serve who will best be served and how can you do that it's exactly right yeah and i have such a clear image of the relief that comes across and it's happened with every client there's a point at which this relief comes across their face and their shoulders relax where they know they've done the right thing in talking with me and that they can now take some of these things, that some of these things that have been a mystery and a little bit frightening and something they've wanted to avoid, they can still have everything they need from those things without having to be the one that tackles it themselves. And that's the moment I live for is that, that look. I know I've done my job when I see that and feel that. So this is fascinating to me, Pam, because you know that the vast majority of our clients are life coaches, healers, you know, people that are sort of, you know, more woo-woo than accounting generally is. (laughs) (laughs) But listening to you talk, you are, you're evaluating body language and energy Mm -hmm. and 
you know, how people react to know that mm-hmm. you are uh, being of service to them. Right. And uh, maybe that's the title for the next book. Accounting can be woo woo too. <laughs> <laughs> you need but to get yes, on that right exactly now, Pam. Right. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget that. There's right? a whole but, uh, but series exactly right. about that. Yeah. <laughs> But you know, there's there's a good there's a great profession out there that meets the technical need, and I certainly have yes. the technical background and the ability to integrate them into a seamless team for a CEO or a business owner. But what a CEO or business owners need is more than that. Once they've gotten their business to the point where you know it's what we call kind of a grown-up business, and that's what a lot of entrepreneurs are turning around and saying. Especially in this day and age is, you know, I started this thing out as a passion and made a few million bucks and, oh, my God, I've got a business. Right. And I want them to be able to turn around and go, oh, that's okay because here's somebody who can help me make sure I structure it properly from a financial standpoint. And then that, of course, dips into helping with operations and processes and those sort of things. But it, it's, it's the way it, – it's a really, really important step to, to becoming that, you know, kind of grown-up business once you're – baby has really been successful. Well, and I think that most business owners understand that that accounting and, and finance, it really is a core part of mm-hmm. your business that you need to develop, but they're right. scared of it. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's why, maybe that's why you've experienced what you've experienced where you said that you've turned it into um, a language that mm-hmm. business owners can understand. That's exactly right, and that, that is spot on. Um, it, it, Greek is what comes up. You know, it, it's I, I just don't know mm. how to read this stuff. There's way too much detail. When the one thing I look at is in the wrong line item, you know, it's just I can't ever get what I want with these. You know, why can't these be classified differently? This isn't how I think about my business. And I just, you know, they get so frustrated. There's such an amount of anger and frustration in that day that they get those reports, if they get them at all on a monthly basis, that I want to turn that around and have the kind of call I had with another client of mine this week who said, that was great use of an hour for me. I know everything I need to know. It ties into my strategy. It ties into my forecast. You know, good. I'll talk to you next month. And that's (laughs) the call I'm looking to have. So it can really be that simple where you can set someone on their path in an hour Mm -hmm. and then they can go on about their business. Right, and they can know comfortably how much money they have to spend in the coming weeks, in the coming months. They can know how they're doing versus their goals and objectives from a financial standpoint. They can talk confidently with other entrepreneurs about the terminology that really matters as opposed to all of the, you know, 80% Mm -hmm. of the terms that just don't matter to a business person. Um, you know, so there's training and education on that kind of stuff too, so that, you know, they really present that image of successful business owners who are competing in an economy that frankly is kind of astounded at how successful they are. And it's an important (laughs) message that they're grown up businesses that are on quite honestly more ahead of the game than a lot of the sort of traditional industries are. That makes sense. I, I I can see that there probably was or maybe still is a real divide between what we would consider like the big guys, you know, the GMs, mm-hmm. the DuPonts, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, 
any other business, really. But right. what I'm hearing right. you say is that there really isn't a fundamental difference in the way they're structured or the way they speak, or at least there shouldn't be. Right, right. There are minor terminology differences, but on the whole, everybody Clearly. needs to understand what their profitability is by, you know, by the, however they want to think about it, whether it's by customer, by region, by product. Everybody wants to understand that, and everybody wants to understand their cash flow and understand why their bank balance is going up or down. And that's right. really the core on which I base everything. Now, that is the, you know, the 10% of the tip of the iceberg, but that 10% of the tip of the iceberg is all a CEO needs to really know if they have confidence in what's underneath. Mm. And that's my job is to take the bottom of that iceberg and put it together with the top of the iceberg so that they can say, oh, yeah, this makes sense. I don't have to doubt it. I don't have to question it. It's good numbers. They're where I think they need to be. Um, they're showing on the right lines. And I'm only looking at what I really need to look at to know if my key strategies are doing what I want them to do this month, this quarter, this year. Mm. And it, and it really, so truthfully, is that simple. And and it doesn't feel that way until, or at least to me, you know, just as sort of a mm-hmm. layperson, it has not felt that simple to me um, until I hear you right. say that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, maybe well, that's CF- what I'm trying trying to convey with the book, and I, my real hope is that the book helps a lot of folks. Um, concept. It also gives a lot of very practical information about how to talk to your existing accounting team to start getting the things that you need to have that that level of clarity and uh you know but it was funny i got a client call the other day a new client called and said i just read your book and i'd like to to talk with you so i went in and chatted with him and he said uh, you need to know you closed the sale when i read the book and, and i don't just want oh. the book i want you and i said oh well i kind of <laughs> actually it wasn't why i had gone i'd gone because i know i had heard of him through another contact was going to help him deal with an issue and now he's right. a full-on client so you know, so the book really does, I think, is is able to, and it's funny, I, I sound surprised when I say that, right? Because I still revert back to that person, that accountant who can't write a book. But, yes, ma'am. <laughs> you know, the truth, the truth is, I think the book is really helpful in and of itself as a standalone um, primer for a business owner. It's an easy read. It's a quick read. But it, it gives, if they wanted to, they could take a list of things out of that to do or have their accountant and bookkeeper do that would just make life so much more bearable in the finance and accounting realm. Yeah, you know, I was going to ask you if you put anything in your book to help people with their um with their strategy to find their first CFO, but it sounds like you've mm-hmm. definitely put that into the book. Yeah, there's actually a chapter on on what level of CFO professional do I need in my organization, and it talks a uh, little bit about perfect. the two um, variables that I think kind of uh, combine to define that for you, and that, that is size and complexity. And I, t- I expand okay. on that a good bit in the book to, and then talk about there's a lot of different terminology out there for the accounting profession and all the different levels. Like accountant can mean like five things. Controller can mean five things. CFO is a term that's used, you know, shamefully loosely by a number of folks in my profession, quite frankly. So mm. it's it's one of those things that I thought needed a little bit of attention 
so that people could go, oh, yeah, you know, I am complex enough that it may be time to start hiring a CFO. Well, what kind do I need? So it talks about the distinction between a project-based sort of interim CFO, a part-time CFO, and a full-time CFO. It even goes um, so far as to sort of help you figure out what kind of formula to look at to figure out what it might cost you. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. Boy, that's that's action-packed from a, a little numbers girl like you, Pam. <laughs> it's a hot chapter. <laughs> it's a hot chapter. That's right. <laughs> well, I know, but our listeners may not, that you have been really expanding your presence and and serving people more readily on um, mm-hmm. Facebook. So tell me a little bit more about um, the Facebook Live videos you've been doing and, and why they're important to you. Oh, I'm so excited to talk about this. It's a new foray for me, and I'm really, really enjoying it. And I just I'm dipping my toe in the water in Facebook. And what I'm what I've done, <laughs> I knew I was going to set up a Facebook group for my clients, and I uh-huh. wanted to have content for that. And I realized as I was doing this that a very big chunk of the content probably is useful to people outside of the client base as well. So, And I can do it in snippets of live video. So what I'm experimenting with right now, in fact, I'm getting ready to do the fifth one tonight, is a series of very short videos, right? So they're three to seven-minute videos depending on the piece. And I picked like a three-week topic that is, you know, how you get – how and why it's important for you to get your books as early as your books closed as early as possible in the month. So from an Uh owner's perspective, the earlier they can look at the numbers, the more quickly they can make decisions to react to the information that's there. And then we structure it in a way, of course, that makes it, you know, pop out to them what things are working, what things aren't working. Once they know that, if they get their books on the third workday or their financial close on the third workday, they can react to it. A lot of times what I've found in this group of of entrepreneurs is they're getting their books when the bookkeeper gets them to them 15 days later, 20 days later, sometimes into, you know, the the end of the quarter before they see their actual financials. So this this set of videos is little snippets. It's going to be a 15 to 20 step process for how to talk to your bookkeeper and tell them what you need them to do on your behalf Mm. and proving through my words and them leading it since I'm not working with them directly or I'd be having this conversation with the bookkeeper, but it's telling them (laughs) how to have that conversation with the bookkeeper. For example, one of the little vignettes was, uh, well, the first two were, hey, books can be closed in two days. No excuse, no question. You should be able to look at your books by the third workday if you want to. Now, that's a target goal. My real feeling is that if you have them by the fifth workday, there's still enough time to respond, right, and deal with it. Mm -hmm. So, I target the second and the third, and the reason I know that this can be done is I was on a team that did it for an international company with seven subsidiaries, multi-currencies before the euro came in, and we were closed on the second workday. So it can be done. But the second vignette talks about the fact that the minute you talk to your bookkeeper or accountant about this, you may start to hear some objections, and here's how you can can deal with those objections. So it covers all of it, the emotion, the technical, that's wrapped around this process of getting your information to you as quickly as possible. So, Pam, where can people find you and these videos? So there is a group on Facebook called Priorities Consulting, LLC, that is an open group. And Priorities Group has a page as well 
called Priorities Group. So either of those are getting copies of the vignettes, which I'm sharing live each night and then copying over to those spots. Excellent. I I never really thought that I would say this in my life, so this is a testament to you, but we're drawing to a close, and I feel like I could continue talking about accounting for hours. (laughs) I love it. Well, that's the idea, so that's that's wonderful. You are magical with your with the way you translate accounting talk into something that, you know, I actually want to listen to and talk about. Well, I would just say you're a good interviewer. <laughs> That's what my comment would be. You brought it out. Well, you know, flattery will get you everywhere, Pam, so thank you. Excellent. <laughs> so we have a minute left, and in that okay. minute, I always ask our authors to close with one piece of advice. If there's someone listening who feels like they just can't make that jump to starting mm-hmm. their book, what's one piece of advice you could give them? I would say that you, like with everything else in the arena of running your business, there have been many, many, many things that you probably thought you couldn't or shouldn't do or didn't have the, the gumption to do or the, or the uh, willingness to do, and yet you've bitten the bullet and actually taken the actions to, to get into it. And what I suggest is a very gentle way to get from knowing you should to actually executing on it is to take a read of the book. And this isn't self-fulfilling at all. I just think that it really will <laughs> help you understand that it doesn't have to be a horrible jump off a cliff. It's more like a gentle ride down a hill. Uh, that's fantastic. Pam Pryor, <laughs> your first CFO, Run to Amazon, buy it, find her on Facebook. Thank you so much for joining us, Pam. Jen, thanks a lot. I was glad to be here. This has been another episode of Book Journeys Radio, where we're changing the world one book at a time. To find out more about how you can get your book written, published, and promoted, visit www.theauthorincubator.com.